Hello and welcome to this episode of So You Want to Be an Engineer, the new podcast by the St. Paul's School Engineering Society. I'm Kater Douglas. I'm the Director of Engineering at St. Paul's School and I am delighted to welcome Nicholas Weninger, who is an old Pauline and went off to study engineering at Harvard. Nicholas is being interviewed today by Thomas, who is currently in year 12 and Thomas is our current president of Engineering Society. So without any further ado, I will hand over to Thomas and let's find out about engineering at Harvard. So firstly, um, what is an engineering course at Harvard actually like? What are the positives? Are there any negatives? To start, thank you very much for having me. It's wonderful to, uh, to be back in touch with St. Paul's after uh, four years of an engineering degree. Um, I guess to start with is more about engineering at university in general. What I would say is unlike at secondary school, you're more or less not, not, not on your own, um, but your your learning is very much in your own hands in general. It's up to you to attend lecture, fill out problem sets, etc. And at Harvard specifically, the Harvard Engineering Program is very interesting. Harvard is a liberal arts institution, and so engineering kind of is a weird thing to kind of squeeze in to the liberal arts mentality, at least what it used to be. Um, I'm of the opinion that engineering is very much a liberal arts subject because you're using the, the tool set, the skill sets that you get as an engineer to actually solve a set of real world problems. And the way engineering courses in general at Harvard are framed is through that framework. They still teach you that skill set, but it's very much thinking about applying it to real world problems. Now, you know, earlier on in the curriculum, you're just learning those skill sets, you're just going through the classes, et cetera. And then towards your third and fourth year, you begin to transition more to the systems level thinking of what an engineer is like, namely solving problems, trying to dig into systems and identify potential solutions uh, as they arise. But it's the, the engineering curriculum at Harvard is very interesting, very wide ranging, maybe a bit more so than I'd say at a uh, kind of hub institution in the UK. It's quite interesting because, yeah, I definitely feel like we haven't quite seen the whole solving the real world problems at the lower stage, but I, I, I'm looking forward to that in the future. So what is the most memorable or interesting thing you've had the opportunity to take part while at Harvard related to engineering? It's a good question because there is so much that happens in four years of university, both within the academic context and outside of the academic context with your friends and, uh, and, your, and your mentors. But specifically within the academic context, two or three memories really stand out. The first memory that I have um, that stands out is the class I took in my first year of engineering in the second half of the year, which was the Introduction to Electrical Engineering class. And it was probably one of the hardest courses I took in my four years at, at the university. It was six hours of lab a week and three hours of lecture a week and a substantial final project where we spent basically six hours a day in lab for about two weeks. And coming out of it, you either loved electrical engineering or absolutely despised it. But you, but you, knew, you knew a lot about how to design circuits and how to think about different things in electrical engineering at a high level, at least. And I kind of that course addicted to, to electrical engineering. And I, and I was absolutely convinced that it was, it was, it was the right course for me. And so I took that, I took that and went forward. And those skill sets that I learned in that class are still valuable to me today, surprisingly. 
because um, it's 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 a lot of the a lot of engineering that happens once you leave university is less the complicated in-depth mathematical analysis and more design thinking, quick putting together systems, see if they work, and then you conduct analysis to you know f fully verify it. The the second and third uh, experiences are very similar, and it goes back to that you know systems level thinking that that I managed to get in a um, a course in my third year where we were sat down in a room and said right you 20 students from across the engineering curriculum biotech and bioengineering mechanical environmental and electrical you guys have to go meet a client and work on a problem that they have um, and i know this will be reminiscent of rm and system that control for you guys you know your client but rather than just making up a client, you're actually going to speak to real people. So in my case, we were partnered with the um, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute at the Boston Children's Hospital and said, we interviewed a bunch of people and a bunch of doctors and nurses, et cetera. Uh, we were tackled with trying to come up with some kind of solution to uh, pediatric oncology in low-income countries, which is shockingly hard. And the problem is really, really nitty gritty, really in detail. And so we just spent two months trying to ideate different solutions, bringing solutions back to the client, thinking about how we can, you know, ideate on those and ultimately came up with something. And we had to build a prototype within a couple of weeks. But coming into that class, you would, I thought to myself as an engineer, you know, oh, I just want to build something, you know, just give me a solution to solve and I'll, I'll solve it. But the hard thing about engineering is not actually building the solution. It's finding the right problems to solve. And that's what I really learned in that class. And then using, using that skill set plus my engineering background, I went on to uh, my, uh, my senior capstone project, which is a year long course you take in your fourth year. And you have to just go ahead and do a project, be that a research project or actually building a device. But you're trying to use that, you know, systems level design, design thinking that you, you're taught in your third year plus the skill sets and the toolboxes you've learned over your entire curriculum at engineering to actually cover the final project and then present it at the end of your at the end of your curriculum and in the end of the year that's a really really daunting task but looking back on it you know you, you just you know break it down do it step by step and looking back on it it's it was a really invaluable experience that uh, i was uh, lucky enough to, to have and I have to say, it's one of those experiences, it's like transformation from, you know, first year engineer thinking I just want to build stuff to, okay, I'm a fourth year engineer about to go out into the world with all these extra tool sets plus this design thinking. And for that reason, I think engineering is one of the most rigorous majors you can do at university in general, and also one of the most wide ranging because you learn not just you know, mathematical analysis and deep technical thinking, but also how to view the world as an engineer, which is a whole thing in its own right. You were talking about on that uh, second project, you had to work with lots of different types of engineers. What's it like working in a team with such a diverse and kind of different specialities happening? It's very, well, it's, it's challenging, but very rewarding. So, I mean, I'm an electrical engineer. I have very little training in biology, but the problem we were trying to solve was a biological one, right? Pediatric cancer in an environment which is, you know, not familiar to any of us, you know, low income countries. And so 
you know, we, we, were, we still were lacking the entire social sciences aspect of it, but working with the bioengineers was fascinating because I actually got to learn a huge amount about vital sign monitoring and how it's done and how you actually make safe electric devices that, for the body. Whilst for the bioengineers, working with, with electrical engineers, it was great for them because they actually got to see someone take their input and say, okay, with those limitations, we can, we can make this EKG monitor or this pulse oximeter, I think it's called. And um, it was invaluable as an experience to actually break out of the you know very individualistic academic environment to actually work with, with a team towards a common goal, namely trying to solve this problem and also ultimately get a good grade in the class, where the standard way of thinking individualistically at university would not help. You had no choice but to work as a team. It was really valuable, very tough, and very frustrating at times when I'm trying to explain to someone what a PCB means, someone who's never actually like seen or understood what a PCB does, but you know, then try to explain to me how EKG monitoring works. I'm not like, I don't, it squiggly lines in the line on the screen, right? I can do that, it's fine. But no, apparently there's the whole science behind it. Again, fascinating stuff. Uh, that sounds very interesting. Um, was it strange moving from the UK to, to America? I know we sometimes cover a bit more syllabus in our A-levels than they do. Yes, yes. Um, so the fundamental question, the fundamental answer is yes. It's a very strange transition, but it's one you don't really appreciate how stark the transition is until you're there and you've been there for about a month or two. Because you think, you know, oh, the States, it's English speaking, culture must be similar, etc. But it's very, very different in fascinating ways, not least the level of background knowledge that your peers will have coming in. First year is the great equalizer, shall we say. And the first year I found myself repeating a lot of the stuff I did in further maths. Yes, that's true. At the same time, I find myself learning a huge deal about what it's like to be in an environment like that, where I know a lot about very specific subjects, but not much about other subjects. And learning from my peers outside of an academic context was a thing that I learned at St. Paul's to a certain extent, but nowhere near to the level that I really needed to do in the first year at an American university. Now, one thing that's also very important to know is that unlike in the UK, where your coursework is more or less set, set out for you from day one, to a certain extent, you're, you're out on campus in, in the States and you're told by your advisor, yeah, go nuts, here's the course catalog, good luck. And you have to piece together your own degree. Well, you, you get advisors, et cetera, and they all help you out. Um, but ultimately, you're the one who clicks submit on your um, course card for the semester. And you're the one who's responsible for making sure that your degree requirements are met by in four years time. And it means that you are given the freedom to really make your degree your own. It's even in engineering where the requirements are more stringent and you have many more requirements than most other um, university majors. But, you know, I thought to myself, oh, initially I was going to go into silicon design and, and computer architecture. And I did a few courses in those. I'm like, mm, this is interesting, but not necessarily what I'm interested in. And took a course in photovoltaics and then a different course in control theory. And at the end of it, I had this wide variety of tool sets and the fundamentals in a lot of fields that would allow me to go deeper into any one of them because I understand the basics and the language of that field, whilst also having been able to explore 
a huge variety of, of subfield in electrical engineering. Additionally, I had the opportunity to take courses that weren't just engineering. And that's one thing that I feel, for me at least personally, was very, very valuable. When I, when I think back to my university time, you know, there are some very clear examples of engineering courses that stand out, you know, that freshman engineering course and those two design courses. But I'd say in every single semester, I used the time to take one non-engineering course. And each time I did that, I learned to see different aspects of how people think about the world. I took a course in folklore and mythology, which I thought was going to be, you know, straightforward. Turns out it's a fascinating subfield of history of how history is conveyed through stories that people tell themselves and what culture can tell us about the way people think. I took a course at the government graduate school with a bunch of, um, you know, mid-career professionals in tech and policy because that was a thing I could do. I took a course at the business school in entrepreneurship because, again, it was a fun thing to do. I took a course in global health and health policy because I thought to myself, you know, it'd be a cool course. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that an engineer maybe could be interested in knowing, especially having taken that, that course, design course, where we work with the Cancer Institute. And, you know, you learn that you have these scientific and medical, medical practices that in theory should work in certain situations, but don't because of a variety of social factors that can range from Massachusetts not having enough secondary rehabilitation beds for addiction cases, or to, let's say, in South Africa, the, the hospitals just being too far away on dirt roads for people in rural areas to access them properly. Perfect preventable cases can be treated very easily if they were able to get the hospital in time. Variety of things, and you, just, and you learn that the world is a much more complicated place than one might think. And no, I, I, don't, I don't claim to you know, be an expert in anything at this stage in my, in my life, but I feel that an education in the States where you have that rigorous engineering education, but also have the opportunity to take a lot of other courses without, outside of engineering gives you the opportunity to, you know, think about problems in different, in different frameworks. Um, again, having said that though, it's really up to the individual in the UK you're given the coursework and you're given the course you take over the four, over the three, four years you're there and you just go with it. Whereas in the US, you can, you can, you know, do the coursework that's required of you and then take easy courses and, you know, just coast your way through. That's perfectly possible. But if you've got to be there for four years with fantastic educators around you, might as well take advantage of it fully. That's very interesting kind of how not doing engineering made you a better engineer and actually helped Indeed, yeah. <laughs> in your opinion, what skills are most valuable for an engineer in 2020? It might be no surprise to hear me say that I think that the best skills that an engineer could have are not the engineering skills currently. Of course, you have to have those to be a competent engineer, naturally, right? But being able to communicate with people, talk to people, actually convey your designs with people and take criticism in a productive manner are some of the most important skills that I've seen in the engineers that I've worked with and respect deeply. And those skills really only get built up through not necessarily your classwork, but again, it's a prerequisite that you have to be good as, as a technical engineer to, to even succeed. But um, 
those those additional skills will will be built up not really in the classroom but as part of your as part of your team working on projects or extracurricularly or even in your in your accommodations um, trying to work through conflict all those all those little interactions make a huge deal and add up over time you're graduating next year what do you think you might do so I'm actually graduating in about uh, seven days time um, and graduating in this climate is somewhat nerve-wracking to say the least however I'm glad to report that surprisingly engineering is still in demand and so I was lucky enough to work at a, at a startup this this past year part-time and although they didn't give me a full-time offer to return that experience really helped um, me find another offer and um, I'm still deciding between two or three places but I will either be staying in Boston uh, working at a startup a very small pre-series a startup uh, working with their uh, head engineer on developing some um, some of their technologies or I'll be in uh, San Francisco helping out with a um, with another post series D startup so quite large on their uh, aeronautics aspects and the reason why I chose those kind of industries so admittedly I did the entire recruiting for consulting internships in my third year and I got an offer and I had and I went on the, onto a super day in the states at least and I sat down at lunch with the other, with the other associates and the other consultants and I realized that I could not work in that kind of environment where I would not actually be contributing it's hard to have to frame this correctly. I would not be contributing value in a direct manner that I wanted to be. And being in a large company in engineering, while important to learn how to work in, in the framework of a large company, how to engineer very complicated systems within that framework, I found, I thought it was more enjoyable for me, at least through my summer experiences, to be at the, at the lower level in a startup wearing lots of different hats and picking up lots of different skills very quickly. And then at some point in the future, I would like to progress onto either maybe a larger company or indeed begin my own venture. That's interesting, the positives and negatives of working for a bigger company and kind of working for a smaller startup. Do you have any tips for pupils still in school who are starting to think they might be interested in doing engineering for a career? Yes, absolutely. Um, so of course it goes without saying the you need to take the right subjects, you know, mathematics, physics, chemistry, further mathematics, etc. And you've got to perform well in those. That goes without saying. But I found it extremely valuable, and Miss um, Douglas can attest to this as well. Um, when I was back in uh, in your shoes, just doing things that I had a fun time doing in engineering making cool things, building projects, competing with a bunch of friends, just having a great time. And, you know, I would spend my lunch breaks in the, in the, um, in the workshop, just building random stuff. Occasionally, not in the matter that, you know, that was, that was um, advised by the staff. So listen to them, they know what they're doing. But, you know, it, to, to generalize that, um, do things that, that you think are enjoyable to you whilst giving your exposure to a different field or a different skill set, and you'll really understand whether you like it or not. Be part of societies, engage yourself extracurricularly in whatever you know interests you in the school. Not just for engineering, but you know for other things as well. 
And at some point you'll realize what you, what you like doing. It might just be as general as I like building things. I like this, I like that. Like, but when it comes to university applications, really reflect on your experiences and think how you have grown through those experiences, both outside the classroom and within the classroom and apply to the course that best fits those experiences and you think you'll be able to survive four years off. I definitely think that's true. You need to try and do lots of different things to find what you like in the end. Yeah, as an epilogue as well, quickly. I didn't necessarily think I was going to be an electrical engineer until my upper eighth year. I applied to mechanical engineering courses, electrical engineering courses. I was all over the place. I even applied to the Imperial University design program as well. And it was only really at Harvard where I had the opportunity to take mechanical engineering courses and electrical engineering courses where I really realized that, wow, EE, this EE stuff is, it's, that's, that's what I like doing. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity at my first university. Many people won't in, in the UK. And so again, it's a matter of just trying different things, seeing what you like. If you don't like something, doesn't matter. It was worthwhile doing it. Are there any kind of like signs? So when you were doing that electrical engineering course that you said it was so hard, was there any kind of signs during it that you really knew this was the one, you really enjoyed this? When I looked forward to going into class, there are very few classes where I'd say, yeah, okay, fine, I'll get up at 9 a.m. to do this. This is fun. And usually it's a drag, right? Or it's a drag to go into lab for six hours a week. But no, it was it's the class where I was like, wow, okay, it's, you know, 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm not going to add a out of this until 4.30 in the evening or five o'clock in the evening, but that's fine. I'm really liking this. That's when I kind of knew. Yeah, it was, it was kind of when that, when that happened as opposed to other classes where I still enjoyed them, but I wasn't excited about them at that level. Thank you very much. I think that was a really interesting interview and thank you so much for telling us so much about your experiences at Harvard and what it was about engineering that you enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I hope that the people listening to this will have enjoyed it as much as I have. So thank you very much. And thank you, Thomas, also for being a cracking interviewer. Well done.